everyone. Um, it is episode 43 of the Bonfire Sessions. Thanks so much for being here. Mike, thanks for uh, having me over to your house in the midst of this crisis. Yeah. We're uh, sitting a little further apart. We found a, a longer table, so we are sitting further apart. Just in case, you know? I mean, you know, what are you going to do? So, this is how, uh, how today is going to go. I'm going to tell the people what we're doing today. Uh, we're recording only a couple days after our last recording. So this is April 20th. No, it's April 13th that this is coming out. And we're recording in March just in case, like, California is locked down as of right now as we record. And I don't know if it's going to get worse. So I wanted to squeeze in an episode before we might not be able to. So kind of front loading this whole thing. So we're not going to have like updates on the coronavirus, but you guys know the updates because fuck, it's the only thing people are talking about. So whatever is updated is updated. And it's probably a thousand things from the time of recording this to the time of releasing it. So that's weird. So you're covered. Yeah. So you're covered. That's right. Um, so what we're going to do today is, um, well, first let's do, uh, let's do an announcement. Next week, our book, The Bonfire Sessions, comes out, and it's actually a booklet. It's not going to be a book length, and we've talked about it before, so get it. It's going to be on Kindle only, so um, don't worry. There'll be print editions available later in this thing, but um, here's what we're doing. We have a booklet called The Bonfire Sessions Spring that is going to be on Kindle on April 20th, so that's a week from today of the release of this. And it's going to be 99 cents. What, what? <laughs> so fucking buy it. If you have Kindle, buy it. It's a dollar. Um, and uh, it's a booklet, and it's a series of four booklets. So we have spring, summer, autumn, and uh, winter. I feel like it's winter right now with the coronavirus, but <laughs> winter is coming. Um, the, the metaphorical winter is coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's in the midst of spring. So, uh, yeah, but our fourth one will be winter. It'll be, it'll be a series of four booklets. Um, next year when all of them are out on Kindle, we've released all the series, uh, we'll have either a hardcover or a box set of all of them in print. So if you don't have Kindle, well, you can sign up for Patreon and we'll give you a PDF of it. Um, so it's patreon.com slash the bonfire sessions, or you can get Kindle or you can buy a print copy in a year. So, but if you have Kindle $1 for April and we'll probably extend it into May, um, and in fact, all choir books, most choir books right now are on Kindle for 99 cents. So I just want to tell people about that. Um, so yeah, so, so do that. And, uh, Mike, what do you think? I want to read a paragraph that you wrote from Bonfire Sessions Spring Booklet. Is that cool? Are you good with that? Uh, yeah. I just want to give the people a little snippet of, uh, of what you wrote. And I think it's a cool thing to, to read. So can I read it? Here we go. So this is a book that we're doing. We're just basically having a conversation. Kind of like what we do on the show. And this is what Mike wrote in response to something I wrote. He says, uh, that's the beauty of universalism, isn't it? The great thing about having a good God who's actually sovereign is that he has all the time in the world to accomplish his purposes. Protestants believe that as the tree falls, so shall it lie. But Catholics, with their purgatorial views, don't. So even within mainstream Christianity, it's hard to make the case that people have a limited time to reach the finish line. Like you said, why waste your breath on people who aren't ready to listen to anything outside their microscopic boxes? 
Why do we have to be the ones reaching out? Let them wallow in their own filth. I know that sounds fantastically arrogant, but somebody's got to be right. And, or somebody's got to be right, and I'd rather be bold than polite. Mm-hmm. I like the rhyme at the end. Yeah, I, I never noticed that. I didn't mean to rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and then I go on and respond, because that's what we do in the booklet. Um, but I think it's I think it's pretty accurate. I think it's pretty accurate that if people are going to be made up in their minds or have, have minds that are made up and they're not really... You can tell when people aren't ready to talk about something. Like, just fucking... <laughs> if they believe the earth is flat, let them, you know? <laughs> Right, because no good is going to come from the conversation, anyways. Not so. really. <laughs> let them have their let them have their flat Earth society. Let them have them believe that the coronavirus is a hoax. Let them believe that people are tortured forever in hell. Like, yeah, the information will still be there when you mm-hmm. when they're ready to listen. Yeah, talk to people who are actually wanting to listen, and you can tell when someone's really wanting to listen. You can tell when someone's just trying to grill you or trying to be an ass trying to like prove their point and not actually have a conversation like there's you know have some have some wisdom you'll figure it out I I, I would think it would be pretty obvious it is fairly obvious sometimes I can tell when people are just trying to get me like can like pin me in a corner on purpose like in a way in a arrogant way like I know we do it in logic like we try to get someone to realize the futility of their own argument but you can tell when someone's just being an asshole though I don't know so don't talk to them let them wallow in their own filth Unless that's what you're looking for, if you're looking I, for a fight. Yeah. But. Sometimes it's hard not to, man. It's hard not to look for a fight. But I don't want to fight people. It's kind of a waste of time sometimes. feels good in the moment. Sometimes you're like, ah, yeah, But because we're the minority, it seems like we're automatically on on the defensive. Like we're, we're already in, like, in a fighting posture. Like, we always have to defend ourselves. Oh. Yeah, with yeah, with our theology. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the with the majority, there it's not necessarily on their mind that much. I mean, no, because I think when we're yeah, when we're in a group of people that all kind of confirm what we already believe, we don't have to think about it a lot because no one's no one's really pressing us on anything. We're just there to kind of stroke each other's dicks, <laughs> like and tell us what we already know, you know. But there's yeah, but there's no universalist circle jerking cult even though someone has used that phrase before <laughs> not, not that I've ever mm. noticed I haven't noticed it sounds fun though honestly haven't been looking for it <laughs> no, someone really said that mm-hmm. they were um, yeah it's like you guys are in a circle jerking cult, cult. which is so weird because I know what they're saying like it's really just you're all just making each other feel better and <clears> confirming <throat> your own biases then, yeah. But it's like, no. You're, how are you not doing the same? Right. Thing? And how do you know? Because you don't, like, hang out with us all the time and really listen to what we're talking to. I doubt I have any conservative uh, people listening to this show. And if it is, it's a small minority because kind of just listen to their own thing. Whereas mm-hmm. I think universalists, they have listened to, like, all the arguments, it seems, for the most part. Like, they all grew up in a church that taught hell or something, and they, they know the Bible verses because they themselves defended it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to tell us what we're doing. It's like, no, nah, I mean, you haven't lived on the other side. We have. Uh, yeah, universalism is, it's usually not the default um, way that you grow up. I don't think so. Not the majority. Seems like a majority will have to have gone through 
evangelical. Yeah. Yeah. Far right. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear a lot of stories about someone who like grew up in a uni- Unitarian Universalist church or something. And then converted back to like oh, five point <laughs> Calvinism or something. Like maybe there's a handful, but I don't meet anyone like that. It's really the other way around. Yeah. And that no, and I think you're right, I think that says something. Yeah, we know we know your arguments. We know. Right. We uh yeah, we've wrestled with them. Um, yeah. Don't think that we haven't, but like Yeah. Seems like anybody who uh converts to universalism like the um one of the biggest reasons would be intellectual mm-hmm. um, sure <clears throat> that's a that's a big one they've studied the bible they've studied philosophy they've studied all these things but they've also been open to questions there's something about being open to those things too because you don't de- you then get a lot of people who study who stay in evangelicalism because there's like a, a lot of smart calvinists let's say like they're smart they're intelligent they don't budge so there's also some other factor other than intellectual. Uh, I mean, like an escape, um, a way out. Yeah, um, yeah. There's got to be a feeling aspect to it. Yeah, you got to feel something in your bones. And that's an actu- accusation some evangel- evangelicals make. It's like, oh, you're just trying to. It feels nice, so you do it. So you go to that <laughs> place where the hard truths of the Bible aren't aren't there anymore because it feels right. You're like, well. The first part is right, yeah. It, yeah, it does feel good. Yeah, to some degree. I mean, yeah, of course, and it does. And, but my question back to them would be like, well, so what if it? Like, are you just some hardened person who doesn't feel things in life? Like, you're acting like feelings are a bad thing. Yeah, fe- fle- feelings can be fleeting, but not all of them are. Like, how you feel about something is not always like this bad thing how I feel about my wife is it's more than feelings, but it, it, it certainly includes feelings. A lot of them. So this whole thing, well, you're just letting your feelings. It's like, well, first, how dare you talk about what I'm doing? Like that seems rather arrogant, but, <laughs> and, and B, like, why is that a bad thing? Don't you feel something for your kid, your friends, or your family? Heartless bastard. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we should, uh, we should be able to trust our feelings more. Totally. Yeah, humans are smarter. Like, our animal selves are uh, smarter than we... Uh, it's smarter than we give it credit for. Like, right. Uh, yeah, our instincts, our gut feeling. Yeah, they usually align pretty well with how reality actually is. Yeah. We can't forget that. We can't be. We can't be split. We can't be dualistic in the way that, like, oh, we're just we completely go intellectual. We have to. We have to balance the. We got the animalistic in us, which is a good thing. Like, it's good to have those gut instincts. That's we, you know one thing that they would have to change their mind on because yeah. usually the flesh is. Oh yeah, they split it up like that. Bad. Yeah, I think they're fucking up how to understand flesh though. It's not that literally, like, all this shit here is bad, <clears throat> and how, you know, living as a human is bad. They take it way too far. I don't think that's what Paul was talking about when he talks about the flesh. He gives, like, examples of what the flesh is. Like, it's being jealous, it's being rivalrous, it's being all these things. And, like, <laughs> it's not necessarily, like, just the fact that you have flesh. I mean, that's that's the pendulum swinging way too far. It's where you get kind of, you get really dualistic. Where, and I don't like that, I don't like going that far. Hmm. So I'd say the animal instincts, the, the flesh, quote unquote, is good, 
and the flesh can be bad depending on, depending on how we define it. But but flesh just by itself, I mean, either good nor bad. Right, it just is. Yeah, it's it's what it is. I think it's inherent inherently good in that it exists. Right, and I'm I tend to think that anything that exists is you know, even if nothing else is good, it's good that it, this thing exists. Yeah, as such, right. There's, there's, there's nothing that exists that's, I think, supposed to be like some sort of quantifiable bad. So that's when, well, what about evil? I think it's privation of good. It's not necessarily something that's yeah. concrete. Everything that's concrete is good. And the fact that I have legs and arms and heart and a biological process, mm -hmm. that, that is good. That's, that's good. So anyway, yeah. That's our discussion on universalism. And that's one of the discussions we have throughout the book. And it's just a conversation, so it meanders. So make sure you pick that up in one week when it comes out. Only 99 cents if you hate it. You only spent a buck. I guarantee you spent a buck on dumber shit than our Kindle copy of <laughs> the Bonfire Sessions. So have a drink on us. Pour yourself a favorite drink and read it on your Kindle. And then, you know, hope you like it. If you like it, join the group. We have a group. The Bonfire Sessions uh, podcast on Facebook. So join that group. And if you have questions about the book when it comes out, hit us up. And uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, something else today. Uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool since we are recording two weeks before this comes out and a lot of shit's going on in the world daily. I want to talk about maybe like the meta narrative of this whole coronavirus thing. I thought that'd be kind of interesting. And I, I think including some of the like silver linings, what we can learn from it, what this teaches us, what we can change in the future because of this, you know. So seeing everything as a learning experience, what, how can we tell the story in the best way possible? I know that's kind of hard in the midst of um, always negative news. More and more people dying, more and people, more and more people getting sick, more and more quarantine, all this shit, like less and less toilet paper. <laughs> We're all of a sudden are going to have stinky assholes for like six months. So it's kind of weird to talk about like positives, but what are, what are some of the positives we can take away from it? You know, how can we tell the story in the best way? Well, like we were talking about before, the fact that, you know, everybody is on lockdown, that means they're not um, driving their polluting vehicles. Mm. So air quality in some of the worst cities are actually markedly improved, right? I saw in L.A. it was marked good air quality, and it's always bad or dangerous for people with underlying conditions, mm -hmm. respiratorily speaking. Speaking? Is respiratorily a word? No. If they have respiratory <laughs> issues, their ranking in, in the pollution index is always like, mm, careful. It's dangerous for you. Mm -hmm. And now they're good. So it's not great, I guess, but it's good. Like Same, I think, with New York. Same thing going on in Northern Italy. Same thing went on in China. China. Because all the factories were shut down and shit. So, and they notoriously have horrible air quality in their cities. Now, I'm not saying we need an epidemic or a pandemic to get us to change things. Like, you don't need an objectively bad thing in order to do something good. But given how we act, sometimes we need some shit to, like, wake it, like, jolt us out of, out of some sleep. So... And observe the evidence before you. Right. Like, <laughs> it's proof that, yeah, as humans, we actually do um, have an impact on the planet. Right. Um, which, uh, I don't know, some 
you know, right wing Republican evangelical, they would say that that's uh, it's arrogant for some reason that somehow it's arrogant that to think that humans would have the power to right. affect the world in this way. Yeah, which I mean, arrogant is kind of a weird word to yeah, use. It's kind of a misnomer, isn't it? I mean, arrogant. You generally boast of your accomplishments, not your fuck, not your grand fuck ups. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen how I fucked this shit up. I'll tell you. We're not generally doing that. Like, this guy's really arrogant. I mean, yeah, I guess you could boast about your might, I guess. But. I guess. But, at the right, I mean, if your head is screwed on straight, usually you don't. Yeah. You might tell your stories the biggest fuck-ups, but it's not to boast or act arrogant. It's to, like, don't do what I did. I fucked this up royally. Don't do that. So, that's kind of a weird statement but i mean god you must not believe in any sort of cause of cause and effect if you believe that i mean right you see you talk about all the accomplishments humans can do and the things that go along with it yeah i mean we can make a lot of shit really quick in factories and shit and we can drive a lot of cars and and do all these crazy things but you're not going to think that there is some sort of impact of course there is i mean just look at like i mean coronavirus like these viruses when they live in forests and when we bring them out when we bring the wild into our domesticated worlds, like we're going to be fucking with some shit. Like <laughs> what the fuck are you eating a bat for, dude? There, there are, uh, uh, there are repercussions for that, that you probably don't think about. Like the first dude who ate a fucking bat and then didn't think like wow, hundreds of thousands of people are going to get some shit that if I didn't do that, I guess I don't see what's inherently bad about, eating wild animals. No. I, I'm, um, see, that's the thing. is A virus is just a thing. It's just a biological process. It's a chemical process. Mm-hmm. So on the computer, uh, on the completely naturalistic, naturalistically speaking, completely naturalistically speaking, no morals, no ethics, no nothing like that, this is just a biological process. There's nothing inherently bad with that. But, well, but, but there are, but things do happen and we're not thinking about those things that can, yeah. can happen. Uh, I mean, the, the person who ate the bat that started the whole thing, you know, I, I'm sure they weren't, they had no idea what no. they were doing. No, no, no. I mean, none of us would. And, and if it were not that guy, some other guy or some other thing that happens. And not, it's not just one guy in China. Like when we bulldoze Amazon forests, like there are repercussions to that. When we have a plastic um, patch in the Pacific ocean, a garbage patch that's twice the size of Texas, that eventually has, long-reaching effects and we're all responsible for it in some way even if one guy is the straw that breaks the camel's back like the way we behave has led to the current crisis we're in like there is a thing like that like we can learn from this and then change things in the future and use that for the betterment of our lives We, we can learn from that one is to be more concerned about things that could happen like this so don't fucking take away all the money from agencies or companies that research this kind of stuff to help us. <laughs> like that'd be one thing, you know, maybe we realize why do we need to battle each other when literally like we can battle all these wars and within a couple of months, some fucking thing that we can't even see with the naked eye can kill us all or enough of us that cripples everything. Like, so, so maybe if you put all your money from wars towards fighting, a virus or viruses or pandemics or just being prepared for something like this so shit doesn't hit the fan. That's a good learning experience. 
Yeah, and right, all those lessons can be learned through the coronavirus. They could. They could. If, uh, yeah, if you're paying attention. If you're paying, yeah, I think, and there's a certain level of not paying attention to those things. With all the time we have on our hands of staying home and washing our hands all the time, we get to think about all a bunch of different shit. So let's think about these things. You know, how do we not have something like this happen again? Maybe, maybe the the medical field becomes more cooperative and less com- competitive, more like universal. Here. Well, I don't think th- I think it's um, I think it's kind of nonsense the way that current certain things do. Yeah, I, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, universal medicine in theory, I think would be much better. I do believe that. I think it'll be cor- it could be corrupted. But all systems are being corrupted. Capitalism is being corrupted right now. Like, there's motherfuckers buying up pallets worth of shit and selling it for, like, 10, 20, 30-fold on, on Amazon and other places, other marketplaces. Like, selling toilet paper for 50 bucks. Well, that's capitalistic. And people will buy it, supply and demand, this whole curve. But it, it's shitty, right? It's failing. That fails people. Like the fact that if you're old, you can't go get food at the store because people hoarded it and weren't thinking about these things. Well, there's a, there's a far-reaching effect that then people get sick, then they overwhelm the system. You know, I don't know if universal healthcare would solve the system, but I'd be willing I'd be willing to say that the, any any system that's more cooperative is going to be able to handle these things better than any system that's more competitive. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, if the uh if there's just uh, if you're just doing a single uh, payer system, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's technically no competition. So right, and then they say without competition, like competition leads to better services. And I think I think competition is healthy, but sometimes, but not when you involve money. That's where I that's where I have a hard time because like competition is good. Like in my hockey leagues that I played at, there was no financial compensation. But the competition was there. But at the end of the day, there, it was just what it is. What it is. Like we competed just for the sake of competition. I think when you compete for like money, I think then you start. Most people start to get dirty. So if you have competition for medicine, your bills go up. People, insurance companies are trying to fuck the over, fuck the other one over, and fuck you over, so you can pay more, and they can, their bottom line can get more. I think we just get then get really shitty, even with medicine. You know. All these high co-pays for shit. If you get the coronavirus and you get hardcore pneumonia, like your bill can be ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Like so, not only do you get you suffer from this pandemic because probably the medical system's fucked, and then at the end of the day they fucking double down and they bill you like thirty thousand dollars, even though you have insurance. That's a fucked up system, dude. That's not sustainable. A single payer pay would be better than that. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think it would. Maybe, uh, I don't know. We'll truly see, you know, what happens with the coronavirus, whether or not our system actually works. Well, the, the actual medical system, I don't think does work. If you don't have ventilators and you don't have masks and personal protective equipment for medical professionals, it fucking doesn't work. So, so far that's already been proven. That's already been proven. doesn't work. That's the panic. If the medical system worked, I think there's some truth to the fact that this virus would not be that much worse than the flu if our medical system worked. And what I mean by that is that I think the deaths would be 
relative to the it'd be similar to the flu but in but so many people get sick that the problem is we can't treat them all and when we don't treat them all they fucking die at a high high rate if we could treat them all yeah some people would die but it wouldn't be a huge thing yeah the the problem is that all of us are getting sick because it's it is contagious and we're all fucking just like nah we're just gonna walk around and do our thing mm-hmm. and go to the go to the bars go to the restaurants go to the beaches and then a lot of people get sick at one time and it goes so fast and even if you like mitigate it it's gonna it's gonna stay there until we get a vaccine so we literally have to do all this shit that because our medical system is so depleted and I think that comes from competition you know you're always competing it's always about the bottom line. It doesn't make financial sense for the most part to have a ton of masks on hand in storage for hospitals and to have systems in place that don't benefit you financially now. A pandemic, thinking about a pandemic 10 years ago doesn't really benefit you now. So you don't think about it. And then it gets, because you're trying, it's all about the bottom line. If it wasn't about the bottom line, maybe these things would be more important to us. Well, I mean, is the bottom line the same thing as competition? No, I think the bottom line can be um, Bottom it, line is just doing, you know, the best thing for your individual business. Like, right. you wouldn't necessarily even stock up, even if money weren't an issue. Like, even if you weren't competing for oh, money. Yeah, pr- no, I'm just saying the competition exacerbates it. Right. And so I guess then the gov- the, uh, the argument, well, then there'd be, you know, uh, a single pair has no competition, so they're just there's nothing pushing them to do the right thing. I don't know. I see both arguments. I see the fact that some monopolies are pretty shitty. And if the government's a monopoly in that way, it can get pretty shitty. So then, you know... Yeah, but, I mean, they're elected officials. So, I mean, eventually they're going to have to answer for how they took care of the medical system. Sure. That's true if enough of us pay attention. Right? So we have to pay attention. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of assuming that... Yeah. I think the problem, one problem is that we don't pay attention, and then no matter what the system is, people fuck us over. So, I mean, that's not a failure of democracy. That's just a failure of people not I, yeah. doing their part. Yeah, I think in any system, that's that's going to be an argument for anything. It's like I was yeah. wondering about like um, these people that uh, short-sailed all those stocks. You see those in Senators? Feinstein and three Richard Republicans. Burr. Yeah. And it's like, ah, is that technically capitalistic? I guess it kind of is. Like, you have some inside information, you're going to short sell some things. It's probably illegal. Isn't that what Martha Stewart went to jail for? Who? Uh, Martha Stewart. Isn't that what she did yeah. some insider shit? Mm-hmm. You find out about some shit, you're like, mm. <laughs> many of us would probably do that. <laughs> but it's like, isn't that capitalistic? Yeah, I guess. Is, I mean... But it's still, that's, that's fucked up. Don't you think? I think it's kind of fucked up. I guess I'm, I'm not sure what the definition of capitalism specifically is. I don't know. I think it's just that the free market decides the rules of economy. I think if you're purely capitalistic, the government would have nothing to do with the free market. So you can, I mean, so how far do you take that? If you're going to call it a free market, yeah. If you're going to call it free market, like the government has none, mm-hmm. no involvement, and then and, and, and everything's on a spectrum, right? So you could be capitalistic leaning or capitalistic in a sense and still have the government involved, but you're not purely capitalistic. Mm-hmm. So I think even capitalists draw the line before pure capitalism, like totally free market. Anarchism, in economically speaking, at least. <laughs> and so they're on a spectrum, too. I think, yeah, having some capital is fine. You can make money. I think there, sh- there should be some for-profit things. It's just, I guess it's the transparency of it all that gets us to pay attention. 
I work for a for-profit company that helps people with disabilities and it's really transparent. You can read all the financial things. There's like, they give uh, profit sharing to employees, even low level employees. Like there's all this good stuff and they're not making a ton of money. They report all that shit. Like if it's transparent, like I trust that I work for a good company. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can tell when you're working for a shyster type company. Um, or if you have a shyster type Senator, like they short sell, they sold trillions of dollars of stock right before that in a pure capitalistic society, I guess they'd be able to, that's where I have a problem with it. Like, doesn't there have to be some sort of guardrail and the free market doesn't take care of it. There's no, there's no guardrail against if, uh, if you're purely like capitalistic, there's, I mean, there's no motivation for a business to self-regulate. If, if, if it's all about the money, if it's all about the money. Yeah. Yeah. If you have, you know, if you have an ethical head on your shoulders, then sure. And in the long run, we all benefit by people being giving and not greedy. But here we are, man. <laughs> greed is greed is literally going to kill people. Because I mean, that's what's yeah, that's, that's a strong way to put it. But it, I mean, it will. And ignorance and other things, but I think greed's one of the biggest ones. There are, I mean, there are promising things. There are companies that are making masks that you know they're contracted to the government, and you know there's things happening. So there is things to, there's things to be hopeful for too. There are good people doing good things and not everyone will die. So there will be, I think there'll be positive changes that happen from this. A lot of it's negative, but I think there are positives or we can make positives. Yeah. You know, that, that'd be a better way of putting it. (laughs) The information will be out there for us to do with, do with it what we will. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, it'll kind of be up to us whether we make, we change something for the positive in, in light of something like this. Climate change, hopefully, it can be one of them. I don't think there's any reason not to at least look at the data and say, well, okay, so it took a pandemic for us to see improvements in the Earth very drastically and very quickly. I mean, yes, it's still it's still a big ship. The turn is going to be a long, mm-hmm. arduous one. But we can, okay, so we can see a tick. So, okay, let's, let's, let's play with that. What can we do to make this better? Yeah, we don't want to quarantine everyone. No. <laughs> Obviously, that's... But- Maybe we saw such improvements that maybe for a week, four times a year, everybody just yeah. stays at home. That'd be great. <laughs> or at least enough people that voluntarily do that. You can get If you get millions of people to do that, once a month even, I bet you can get millions of people to do that if they were um, the evidence was presented right. I'm going to take one, one week a month, and we're, we're really just going to do n- not much. We're going to prepare for it. We're not going to go out. Mm-hmm. We're going to have enough groceries if we have the ability to do, to do that. We can start programs for people that don't have the ability to do that. Like, there's things we can learn, and we all do it. If enough of us do it, yeah. we'll, you know, flatten the curve, all that kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, you won't... The curve of climate change. You probably won't have as many billionaires or anything like that, but um, people just have to get over it. <laughs> yeah. Like, at what point... You know, the extra money isn't uh, increasing the value of your life. Right. It's just... Yeah. Imagine a, imagine a business owner with like $5 billion. Just $5 billion. Like that's what his worth is. Just like liquid assets. There are people like that. Liquid assets of a billion dollars. <laughs> if they put in a, pay, a, a payroll plan that said every week we shut down and you guys still get paid, 
you get a week off every week. We just shut shit down. Our factories, all this stuff. We just implemented it across the board. We change our lifestyle a little bit. Like, we could all manage that. And it would, imagine like a quarter of the time we're doing this. I bet maybe be enough to turn the tide of yeah. fucking killing our planet. Well, it's like the saying, there's, there's enough for everybody's need, but not enough for everybody's greed. There you go. So, yeah, if that's what it, if it, if it takes, uh, you know, reduction in profits to, uh, help save the planet, then, you know, hopefully everybody is enough of a team player to, you know, yeah. get on board. <laughs> well, I think if we're a team player too, we would, we would, we would have enough to do that. Like we would have enough. We would all be well, much more, much more well off if we really cared about helping each other out. I think we'd all be in a better place. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, there wouldn't be as many uber, uber, uber rich people if they, if a lot of them weren't greedy. They gave back and benefited everyone. Mm-hmm. There might be some still. I, I don't know. There's always people who find ways. But I think most of them would realize, you know, I actually, if you're being selfish about it, I actually, even though I have a ton of money, have even a happier life if there's not as many poor people. Like, everyone is happier. Society is more healthy. Things are functioning economically. Things are functioning mental health-wise. Things are functioning food-wise. All these different categories. And then you realize you're health health happier. You You don't get any true happiness from being selfish and greedy. You might feel like it for a while. You're probably dead inside. So fucking, fucking realize that as more of us are content, happy, and peaceful, and not not suffering, better is for both all of us. That's some hippie shit, but it's true though. It's hippie, so it's true. That's right. Most most of the hippie truths are true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So that's one one silver lining. Is that economic? There is an economic silver lining. It's gonna, it's gonna suck for a while. I gotta be honest. I think it might suck for a while. But I mean, maybe maybe it's like in the analogy of being addicted to heroin. I mean, coming off it probably sucks. Never done it, but sure, withdrawals suck. But there's a you can make it better at the end. Mm. As shitty as it is, it's probably better that you quit heroin. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be obvious when you get on it on the other side. Yeah, it's a good thing to do for sure. But going through it, yeah, it's gonna suck. Economic times are gonna be tough. I think. But you know, I think we fucked up for a long enough time. The more you fuck up, the harder it is to to get on the get on the up and up. Because the earth the earth doesn't give a fuck if we're here or not. They'd probably be better without us. We're the virus for a lot of ways. It's kind of a um, this is like poetic justice. It's like a tragedy, you know, for some. Well, from what point of view? Right from this point, of, from you know, on the other side, no, it's it's never a tragedy. Our our story is never ultimately tragic. Tragic for the time being. This chapter's cha- tragic. Right. I, I, I was talking more like, well, from the Earth's, Earth's oh, perspective, yeah. uh, we would be we would be the virus. Totally. And from our perspective, COVID-19 is the virus. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. That's it. That's, wow, dude, that's some deep, that's some deep hippie shit. Because if you think about it, this is sobering to say, like, it's almost as if we're the virus... And the virus is Earth's white blood cell. Mm. And, the, and the Earth's mm. like, you fucked with the wrong <laughs> shit. And the Earth's like, you gotta fucking go. You're about to kill me right now? You gotta fucking go. 
Yeah, and it's fighting us. We're getting put in our place right now. A little bit. Like, yeah. if you think about it like that, that's sobering, man. You're like, oh, that's dark way to look at it. But if you think about it, let's perso- let's anthropomorphize the earth. That would definitely be the story. If the earth was telling the story of COVID-19, <laughs> it'd be like, I was fighting, man. And my, I mean, we're seeing it. The numbers are going skyrocketing. It's horrible. And it is. It totally is. Like, it's fucking awful. And the Earth's seen it like, man, I keep The fighting. vaccine is working. The vac- it's kind of working. But they're coming up with shit yeah. that's going to fight it. And they're going to flatten the curve. And, and the Earth's like, fuck. If they flatten the curve, my, wife, my, my defense to kill these motherfuckers off that keep polluting the Earth and filled up my gallbladder with plastic. And, you know? <laughs> and it's seen a struggle right now. And it's like, I'm failing because all, all these countries have no new cases, which means they got. These countries have. Uh, no more white blood cells of the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's scary, man. Oh, fuck. But I ultimately care more about myself <laughs> than, than the earth, even though I can't exist without the earth. <laughs> well, no, I mean, see it like, like a symbiotic relationship. Though. That's what we have to see it as. Like, like us and bacteria. There's a, we have to have a certain amount of bacteria. The earth has to have a certain amount of us. Yes. To function. It, it makes it better. We appreciate its beauty. You know, we're one with it. That's good bacteria. And right now, we're the infestation of too much bacteria. We have a, we have a, uh, the earth has a staph infection. They need, he need, she needs, she needs some of us and we're fucking taking over. And it's like, now I got to combat you. You got to back down a little bit. Fuck. Yeah. No, it's definitely, yeah, the healthy viewpoint would be. Dude, that would be symbiotic. Symbiotic. That'd be a great fucking fiction. If you could turn that into a fiction from the, from the perspective of the the earth. earth. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. Fuck man. Jesus. We shouldn't have said that on there. We shouldn't have said that on the air. I might have to fucking write that. Too good. Oh, right. You better get cracking. Somebody might steal it. Somebody's going to steal this shit. That would, that would be some shit though. That would be a very sobering, uh, read. (laughs) You don't get the punchline until the last chapter. You're like, Oh fuck. We were the virus, or we were the bacteria. Maybe it would be a better poem. I don't know. Could be. No reason you couldn't do both, but it right. seems it seems like it would fit in a poem too. It, it could it could fit in a um, it could fit in like a screenplay. But the uh, <laughs> you just see it's a it's a it's a pandemic movie, normal, a normal pandemic movie where people are fighting a pandemic, but then at the end. You realize you're inside the, the the brain. Your pandemic story is inside the brain of a person <laughs> who represents Earth. He's the one dying. Yeah, but he's the one thinking about it, and you're thinking about it. You're watching the whole movie from the human perspective, and then you realize you're the bad guy in the one human's perspective who represents the Earth. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a dream. <laughs> That'd be some shit. Uh, kind of like Inception. Kind of, yeah, 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 but. But made not for dreams, but made yeah. for like, um, I don't know, kind of a science fiction in a way too. I mean, Inception is science fiction, I guess. Some sort of way. That was a trippy As far movie. as I know. Yeah, that was a trippy ass movie. But yeah, I don't know. That's one silver lining, man. Think about it like that. We gotta, we gotta not become an infection. We keep fucking with shit, more bad shit's gonna happen. That's just the way it works. It's cause and effect, man. Poking a bee's nest. Earth doesn't give a fuck. Well... I don't know. I think you're right. I would like to think that we have uh, some positive overall good for the Earth. Like, the Earth would be 
um, lacking if we weren't around, we didn't um, mm. improve it in some way. Yeah. I'd like to think that. I, I believe that because I think there's a balance in the beauty of organizing and w- wilderness. Like there's beauty in the absolute untouched wilderness. I think a lot of the earth should be that. There's also beauty in a nicely meticulated or meticulous meticulated, I don't know if that's manicured. meticulous manicured <laughs> orchard, garden, animals, farm, ranch. There's something like you know, a well put together, well managed, so that we have the tending to do. I like that that analogy that we're supposed to like, um, like tend to or garden the earth, like the Shire. Outside the Shire, it's kind of wild and that has its beauty. Mm-hmm. So does the Shire with their little hobbit holes. So I think the Earth would miss that in a way if we were completely eradicated. It wouldn't have that. It wouldn't have that, and I, I mean, I think I think there's beauty in that, but it's a balance. It's a fucking balance. We turn it into a profitable way to do shit. Profitable. And not only profitable, it should be profitable. A farm should be, you know, a small farm, for instance, should be able to profit something. But the ultimate goal is just to feed everyone. Greed is a bitch, though. But maybe it gets us to reflect, like, should the vaccine for COVID-19 be free? If I was making it, I'd say, fuck yeah, man. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna take the patent on this one. You guys, it's free. This is public domain. It seems like your own health should be a right. You shouldn't have to pay for it. Yeah, it should. I mean, Jesus. It's just funny that um, I wonder how many Trump supporters are gonna decline the bailout, the personal bailout of like, what are they supposed to give us, like twelve hundred bucks person or something? Seven hundred yeah. bucks, eight hundred bucks, depending. On, I mean, I don't know. I heard um, the so- lowest was twelve hundred. Okay, I thought isn't that socialism? Yeah. Communism. So at least, like, if you're, like, staunch pro-capitalist, I, I don't know. Maybe you better you should, not, yeah. May, maybe you can make you your checks out. Maybe you checks out the cash, and my address is, <laughs> leave it six feet from my door. Yeah. I'll take it. So, I don't know. Will we learn anything? I, I hope so. I hope so, man. The cynic in me says maybe not, but we're, some of us are going to learn something. I hope there's less anti-vaxxers out there. No offense if you're an anti-vaxxer, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to at some point get the vaccine for this shit. I hope enough people do. I, I'd feel better about life right now if there was a vaccine in a week and it was, and we knew it was good. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, um, do vaccines cause some problems? Probably sometimes, I'm guessing. I'm guessing at some point there's some issues. But we don't have polio and we don't have measles. I mean, some of us do, but the vaccine certainly helps. We don't have mom's rubella. I'm glad those things uh, are eradicated. Smallpox? You know how many people die from fucking smallpox? You know how scared we'd be right now if this was smallpox? Holy fuck. And we didn't have a vaccine? I don't know. I think the benefits outweigh the negatives. At least from our human perspective. Maybe the Earth would like us to have a few less... A few less vaccine? A few less people... Yeah. Less people. It's probably true. Earth wants us to get a little, little bit of smallpox now and then. Or at least to change our habits. Or to change our habits, yeah. Yeah. So it's one or the other. You're going to get more and more of this shit, or you're going to change your habits. You pick. We pick. So it's like, oh, fuck. I guess I'd rather have less of this shit. Might have to sacrifice some, yeah. some things that I do. Changing your habits seems like an easier... Less uh, traumatic. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I agree. I agree. So we'll see. We'll see if we change our habits. We'll see if we start changing our habits come August, September next year, twenty twenty one. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll know by we'll know by the election. Uh, Might. Oh yeah, more, we, yeah, more we, yeah. where we're at with yeah, whole. things will have slowed down. I think even if it even if it affected all of us in the next couple months, like by then it'll probably be done. We'll see. That that would be my guess. It's just a matter of how shitty it gets for people. I'd rather not be shitty, and then I'd rather not have to deal with this as much anymore. So let's fucking clean our shit up, fucking people. Jesus. Jesus. So, we'll see. We'll see. But in the meantime, uh, I'm going to make sure I stay healthy Mm -hmm. and not be a dick. That's all I can do. Drink lots of water. Stop shaking hands. And don't don't go out. Wash your hands. There you go. Social distancing. Do it, people. And in the meantime, peace and love. We'll see you, um, I guess... uh, We'll have one more episode on the day that the book comes out. So, yeah, be hyped for it. We'll give you the link and everything on the next episode. Looking forward to releasing that for y'all. And thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Join us on Patreon um, if you have the, the means to do that. Patreon.com slash the Bonfire Sessions. If you don't, I understand. Everyone's tightening up their belt right now. So, But you can share and listen. So thank you. Bye, Mike. Bye-bye. <laughs>